Hey, Rianne. Rihanna. Hi, Des. How are you? No, no uh, visuals today, huh? No, no, it's always audio. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm so used to doing video too, so no worries. <laughs> How are you? Good, thanks. Very good. Excellent, excellent. Um, so before we start, I just want to say thank you so much for accepting my invitation to come on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for asking me. I always like to meet new people and get the word out about this important stuff. So it's excellent. Nice, nice. So we're going to get right into it, okay? Sure. Uh, just so you know, you pronounce my name, Rihanna. Gotcha. Milne, M-I-L-N. Got you. Because I was reading it off how it was spelled. That's why. I got you. That's a little tricky, both names. So, you know. No, I appreciate that. You saying something. All right. So your first topic is... Let's talk about your life story from your childhood all the way up to now. That's a big life story, Des. Jeez, I'm 65. <laughs> uh, what made me get into this business, maybe? Uh, Whatever you want to start from. Okay. Well, basically, um, at age 16, I lost a very good childhood buddy to a drunk driver. And I asked if I could go to a counselor and my mom said, no one in this family will ever go to a counselor. So I started studying mindset, reading mindset books like Tony Robbins, the Dalai Lama, Wayne Dyer, Marian Williamson on my own. And that's how I got my healing. So I was very early learner of mindset work and just loved that and spirituality. And um, what got me into the healing childhood trauma was I did go back to college uh, for my master's later in years and got a triple master's in applied clinical and counseling psychology and uh, started my business in the year 2000. So it's been 23 years I've been in private practice and I really always loved the coaching model. So I got certified as a life coach for singles in 2009 and then for couples 2010. And then my second partner, who also caused me a love trauma after the first one did, said to me, I don't know what's the matter with me. I sabotage everything I love. And I said, I don't know either. Now I'm the therapist. So I said, but I got to figure out why. And childhood trauma was never discussed. The term was not used in my schooling uh, when I went for a triple master's in psychology. Nobody used that term. So it was my own research that I uncovered, um, you know, what his traumas were and how that impacted me and why I'm attracting people to myself that were problematic or toxic. And once I understood that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to take my message to the world. So I developed what's called the Childhood Trauma Checklist in 2012 and uh, started talking about my research. And much of it went into my number one bestseller, Love Beyond Your Dreams, Break Free of Toxic Relationships to Have the Love You Deserve. Uh, but I got up to 400 pages. I'm like, I can't keep adding to this book. So <laughs> I wrote a notebook after that. And that's a notebook that my students use to work with me, my clients. That's how I got into it. It's crazy you went from one spectrum to the other. So you got yeah. to see from both sides of the situation. 
Yeah. And then, you know, I went from I'm licensed mental health counselor. You can't be advanced as a CCTP certified clinical trauma professional unless you hold a mental health license. So I know there's a lot of people that they're saying, oh, I had trauma so I can heal it because I healed myself. Well, no, you know, it's a really is a mental health issue. And uh, you're working with some very delicate topics and subjects. So you really want to be with someone who knows what they're doing. Right, exactly. You don't want to be with somebody who's inexperienced and you're just looking at each other like, what do we do now? Right, right. I mean, it's it's a very touchy topic. I mean, people have gone through hell as kids and teens, and then it's impacting them in their current life relationships or in life in general or in business. So um, most of my clients work with me from four to six months to heal the trauma and then create the life they desire, and then they can attract the love that they deserve. So it's a process. Like anything else in life, it's always a process with something before you reach the goal you're trying to get to. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. So your next topic is, can you describe the 10 traumas that are experienced during childhood that affect an adult later in life and their love relationships? Absolutely. Well, first of all, there's more than 10 traumas, but I came up with this checklist as a result of my counseling various populations. So I worked with kids in the schools from kindergarten all the way through college. And um, I worked in a mental health ward for a hospital with kids age five through 19, critical kids that had to be inpatient due to their emotional health. And I worked in rehab center, one for teens and one for women from the prison system. And despite how different the ages and the populations were, the same type of childhood traumas kept coming up. So that's when I developed the childhood trauma checklist in 2012 with the top 10 traumas. And um, before I would go into them, it's important that people know that trauma runs through at least three generations. And it's not about blaming your parents at this point or feeling ashamed if you've had them. Because in 2021, the research showed 100% of us have childhood trauma. So it's more about let's identify which one you have and then let's work with it to heal it because they definitely can be healed. Right. So at what point do you feel like you had the proper like support system to get through your traumas that you went through? Um, as I was doing my research, I was able to heal myself. Right. Um, and that was super important because you know, not only could I then identify the childhood traumas in my clients, but I could identify it in myself. So that made me a more powerful coach and um, counselor and made me more compassionate, of course, to understanding everybody has this and what was mine and what was theirs and how's it show up <laughs> and how can right. we heal it? The most important part. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure your your um clients love you for sure. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, we get along great. We become like family. We really do. That's awesome. I feel like it's all about being comfortable between the client and patient situation. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So would you like to know what the top 10 are? Go for it. Okay. So um, the first is... Um, 
if you had alcohol in your household or alcohol or any addiction. So drugs, alcohol, sex, meaning you knew your parent was a cheater, porn use, gambling, hoarding, spending, eating, gaming, TV watching, workaholism, or computer addiction, just being on the computer or gaming on your computer, just kind of ignoring the child while you're on the computer. So the first one is addiction. Second one is verbal messaging. So did you hear the words, I love you? And did you get accolades like, great job, I'm proud of you? Or instead, did you hear, you'll amount to nothing or change your clothes, you look fat in that? You know, just not good verbal messaging. Or did you watch your parents fight a lot when there was an issue to discuss? So if you see your parents yelling and fighting, your norm was, if we need to discuss something, we yell about it. Okay, the third one is emotional abuse or neglect. The fourth one is abandonment. And I described two types, fault and no fault. So a no fault abandonment is a parent that happened to die early or a parent deployed for war. And I was working in the elementary school at that time during, during Iraq and Afghanistan. And I'll tell you, the kids were like just zombies in the classroom. Then they uh -huh. were identified as ADHD. I said, this child does not have ADHD. They are checked out emotionally because their parent is in an active war zone. And they're looking at the pictures on the news at night, picturing their parent there. You know, So trauma really impacts concentration and focus for sure. Um, okay, so that's no fault examples. And then fault examples is never being in your child's life, being there while the couple's together. Then if they break up, you barely see the child or you promise to see the child and that their parent doesn't show or even a parent that's in the house, but they're not emotionally connected. They're not playing with a the child. They don't go to the school events. They just kind of exist, but they're zoned out on television or something like that. Okay, so the next one is any physical abuse, rape, or molestation. Again, these are inside or outside of the home. Um, another one is um, uh, abandonment. So we talked about abandonment, fault or no fault. Then there is if you were part of the foster care system, adoption, or had to go live in another parent's home or another family's home because your family couldn't keep you. Trauma seven, most people can identify with, it's called personal trauma. So that's um, if you were teased and bullied at school, for example, you were a chubby kid or identified ADHD or had asthma, you just felt different. You didn't fit in. You might've been tall, skinny, and smart and called a nerd. Um, you might've been the only African-American in an all Caucasian school or coming out as LGBTQ and your friends or your family don't accept you. So trauma seven is a big one that most can identify with. Trauma eight is around the sibling. So you perceive your sibling to be the golden child, the special one, more handsome, more beautiful, the smarter one or the star athlete. And you feel like you didn't get as much attention because it wasn't you. Uh, this also could be they bullied you or they were born with a medical issue and that commanded more of mom's and dad's time so that you, um, you didn't get as much attention as you would have liked from your parents. Trauma nine has two parts. One is um, where, let's talk about the family. So if a parent was incarcerated 
if you grew up in a dangerous neighborhood, if money problems was always present in the household, a lot of scarcity and fear and lack of security. The other part of trauma nine used to be trauma 11. And when I made this list, it wasn't a big deal. And that one was community trauma. And now it's the number one trauma going on out there, which is our mass shootings, our school shootings, impacts of COVID, inflation, um, our mother nature events, flood, fires, hurricanes that just wipe out communities at large or impact them at large emotionally, physically, in any way. So that is a big one today. And then trauma 10 is mental health issues in either parent. And the two most difficult for children to navigate is bipolar, which is manic depressive. So people think manic's a high and happy one. Well, it could be for a short period of time, like a spending spree or a gambling binge. But then if money is lost and they're struggling, this is when it slips into depression. And then borderline, I think, is the most difficult for a child to navigate because it's very erratic moods. When they're good, they're great. When they're bad, they're horrid. And the child never knows what to expect. So that keeps them in a high state of anxiety. So those are the top 10 traumas. This is a, a deep list. Very. Yeah. I know, right? So most Absolutely. people find they have about four to six on this list. And it's crazy. The one on your list that you was the least at the time is now the most. Yeah. Yeah. The list, there wasn't much happening in communities that was so disturbing. But our world has been a mess in the past five years, you know, and people are stressed out. And you can see that and feel that in the environment today. Absolutely, man. It's a troubling time indeed. Yeah, it sure is. Your next topic is how can someone be so successful in business, but keep falling in love? Ah, okay. So let's say, um, let's talk a female, for example, she might've had an alcoholic mother. Okay. So she had to get up early and do chores to get the kid, her kids ready for school, get them out of the house. Um, you know, she would have come home and a, a strict father. She would have come home with bad grades. She might have been beaten or screamed at, or punished. Um, so let's say she goes to school and she's there. Well, this is my happy place. If I work hard, I'll get out of that household and I'll be successful, not have to go back. So that's what a lot of women did. You know, they worked hard, they got grades so they wouldn't get in trouble at home. And then they got out of there and went to school and then became successful. So they handled their trauma in a proactive way by, you know, being able to support themselves and be smart and be accomplished. And that then gave them ego gratification. And as adults, we all need that. It's not being narcissistic. You know, you need healthy self-love, right, to go on to have a good relationship. But the problem is they still have issues around the love piece of growing up, the love they may not have received from mom or dad, or the yelling and the screaming in the household, or all the cheap drama that might have gone on there. So the brain likes to keep uh, people in a normal state, which is called homeostasis. 
So the brain will make you have attraction or what everyone calls chemistry to the past because the brain likes what it knows, but it can't decipher good or bad. So the brain in chemistry and that infatuation love usually gets most people into trouble. It's attracting them to a toxic past dynamic. So until they learn to heal their full childhood trauma, most people have traumatic relationships. Yeah, I feel like it's important. Cause I know sometimes people may be afraid to see a therapist because they feel like somebody will feel like they're looking at them crazy. Like, why are you going to get help? Why can't you just talk to your family or friends? Sometimes you need to talk to an outside party to help you through your issues sometimes. Well, definitely. But I want to stress as a therapist, I did not learn about trauma. And most therapists did not because after my second love trauma, I went to seven therapist friends and nobody, none of us knew childhood trauma work. So, you know, you want to look for that CCTP, Certified Clinical Trauma Professional Dash 2. And that means advanced. And that's the level where I am. And you can't even get that unless you're a mental health practitioner to begin with. So anyone just says, oh, I went through trauma, so now I'm going to be a trauma coach. You don't want to invest there because this is a mental health issue and it's very complicated. Um, you really need somebody that knows what they're talking about with years of experience behind them. Exactly. So it can break down each level of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. So CCTP is what you're looking for. And that could be a therapist with CCTP like I am, or I'm also a certified coach and also CCTP. So it could be therapist or coach, but you just definitely want to look for that certification. She's like, I got all bases covered. I got you. <laughs> okay. There you go. <laughs> so your next topic is what happens when the relationship seems so perfect, but things turn toxic once you're in an exclusive relationship or marriage. Okay. So the research shows that most people can be a really good partner for about 90 days. It's just about perfect. They call it actually the 90 day rule. And then when the couple starts getting more serious, we're saying four to nine months in, that's um, if you become exclusive, live together, engaged, married, have a child by a home or you know, move together. These are big transitions. So anyone that has kind of been trying to hold their life together to say, see, I'm a great partner. And then they're put under stress or pressure from a partner to be good or excellent or perform or be mature and successful. That's where the pressure's on. So that's when you'll first start seeing signs of childhood trauma unhealed very often in that time frame. And uh, people often say to a therapist, I just want it back as it was in the beginning. Okay, well, that's the magical thinking. <laughs> because everyone has trauma, it's important that everyone understands to identify what kind of trauma it is and if it's been healed or not in that person. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you won't be able to fix anything unless you seek some type of help because I know some people try to fix situations on their own and it tends not 
to work out. So they try to go find help from somebody else. So I feel like the sooner you start working on the issues, the better. Yeah, that's very true. Um, you, you can't seek out friendship for this. You know, it has to be a professional. Um, but with my my singles, there's like 24 questions that they know to ask um, when they're out on their first and second date and what type of answers to look for. Again, we're compassionate that everyone does have childhood trauma, but have they taken steps to heal it? And that's what my clients look for. Right. So in your experience, do you get more adults or children or is a mixture of both? Uh, well, when I worked in the schools that, you know, I had plenty of kids Well, a lot of school students were in my office. Um, but nowadays I only work by Internet and I work with those 16 to 76 was my oldest who signed up. So I just want to encourage people to sign up earlier than later. But the man, Bob, who was 76, just had his fourth wife divorce him. And he was very upset and depressed. He goes, no one loves me. I'm going to die alone. My only daughter doesn't care for me. Uh, every wife I have, leave me. And, um, you know, he's quite upset. And I said, it won't take you long, but are you ready to finally heal? And his trauma led him into alcohol addiction and gambling, and he healed that. He goes, I stopped drinking, I stopped gambling, and it's still the same. And I said, that's because you didn't deal with the underlying issues of what even got you to that addiction. You know, so we healed all that, and he's been with the same lovely lady for six years now, and because I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life, Rihanna, at 76. So I just want to encourage people not to wait so long. I'm glad he finally found love. I feel like you got to go through a few bad situations before you find the one that you've been looking for. Yeah, well, you got to you gotta love to have the self-love first, right? True, true. Yeah, you got to feel good about who you are and heal all that trauma that you might have grown up with. Absolutely. Otherwise, the person that you're dating may have a hard time trying to understand um what you're saying, how you feeling and share some of the experiences with you, what that person will be very important. So, yeah, yeah. I work with both singles and couples. So my couples have to really understand each other's childhood trauma. Right. And if they get triggered, no, maybe don't take it personally. Say, you know, did you go through something hard at work today? You know, that you're being triggered by it. So many people take anger of their their partner personally when they just might be going through something on their own so partner a and i work with straight and lgbtq as well so partner a has to understand partners b's traumas uh why they come up and how to be supportive and talk through things um and they just have to do that learn to do that for each other and there's brand new communication rules that they have to learn as well so there's much to learn. That's why my clients are with me four to six months. Yep. It's all about trusting the process. Yeah. Yeah. And just knowing there's a lot to learn, but I describe it like a rainbow. You're at the one side where I was. I don't understand why am I attracting toxic people? Um, why, you know, do they sabotage our relationship? What is going on with that? 
And, you know, you have to understand it first and your own traumas and then heal those. And then we make a plan to create the life you desire. So there's actually goal setting and mindset work that we do um, in the program that are really, really important to get you on the other side of that trauma. And we do a lot of holistic mind, body, spirit work, vitamin therapy, meditation, all of that to help heal the traumas that are happening. I always feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel, even at your darkest hour. Oh, there is. <laughs> there is. And it's it's light of the spiritual realm. There's a lot of spirituality involved with this as well. Because you have to be forgiving. You know, when some people are so mad at their mom and dad, it's like, well, you have to remember they grew up with trauma. So what was their trauma that made them do what they did with you? Right. Parents do the best that they know how. Um, and they don't know any different because of what they were shown. Right. So you have right. to have some um, spiritual forgiveness and understanding about this work. And um, that's what I help my clients come to realize. And then we rewrite the story around the pain that they might have endured and um, find a way to reach forgiveness. Right. Because at some point, you're going to reach the forgiveness stage. Yeah, you'll have to. Yeah. Or you'll live your life pretty angry and miserable. So who wants that? You can't keep yeah. taking that, you know, your anger forward, which we would call emotional baggage. you got to heal it before you get back out there and start dating. Right. Cause it would just be repeated cycle history over and over again. Right. Right. So let's talk about how this shows up in love. You know, people say, okay, if I have these traumas, what am I looking for? Well, if you went through um, abandonment, right, there's going to be some either codependency or love addiction that you might experience. Um, uh that can lead to clinginess and anxiety when your partner's gone or seeking out attention from other people, even if you're in a relationship. Jealousy and control comes from the combination of verbal messaging, trauma two, and trauma seven, not feeling good enough. So you try to control everything or you're jealous over what your partner does. You don't have your own self-esteem there. Uh, a lot of women do people-pleasing. They can't say no. They overdo for others. Their boundaries are real stretched. And this makes them angry and resentful. Uh, but they do it to try to raise their self-esteem. But then they usually end up feeling really exhausted and burn out and feel like nobody loves them. And they're just overdoing constantly. Um, perfectionism comes from this blaming behavior. Some of our um, Hollywood stars and singers have imposter syndrome. That's coming from being told they're not good enough and a tough background. Um, you look at a lot of our Hollywood starlets, like the Marilyn Monroe story, you know, very severe childhood trauma. I was watching the uh, documentary on Quincy Jones. It was fascinating. Um, people probably know he's an amazing music producer and, and film producer and helped a lot of people get into the business. But uh, the documentary, they're there. You know, you had this accolade and this award and won this and did this. Was there anything you weren't good at? He goes, yeah, I wasn't good at relationships. And the whole story was about, in the beginning, his childhood trauma. 
Both his um, parents were addicted to drugs. They lost their home. He had to go live with his grandmother. They were so poor. He says if they caught a rat, that was dinner. Um, he started working, you know, playing a musical instrument at 14 to help support the family. So I'm talking severe poverty. And, um, you know, so you check off how many traumas did this man have, but he became successful in business, but never always struggled in love. You know, like his wives would leave him and he had chronic affairs and did not have a good relationship with his daughters until the end. So it's, you'll see this in a lot of biographies. Um, and I've always been fascinated with biographies and how did people get to the, where they did. Um, but Oprah Winfrey, severe childhood trauma as well, you know, but very successful today. So it's very interesting to see it when, you know, you, you do see it. So yes, people can climb to uh, very great business accolades, but then they seem to struggle in love. You never know what a person goes through until they open up and tell you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the least like of people. It's like, really? That person went through such and such? That's interesting. Oh, yeah. It's fascinating. And you'll learn a lot by people's biographies. So, uh, you know, there's a lot on Netflix if you have Netflix. Absolutely. I uh, finished watching the one of Louis Miguel, the great Mexican uh, Latin singer. Wonderful. And boy, the childhood trauma he went through was quite severe. A lot of abandonment issues and so forth and alcoholic uh, abusive father. So very fascinating stories. Yeah, definitely. You just sit down and you just get to learn people on a deeper level. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how's this show up in business? This could be the entrepreneur that goes works so hard and goes so far. And then they're like, what? I got to invest 10,000 in coaching to get to the next level. I don't think I can do that. What if it doesn't work for me? What if I can't do it? And then they don't do it and they never grow to where they want to be because they, they don't take the risk on themselves. You know, they don't have that confidence or it could be the uh, person that goes from job to job to job, they're always getting fired because they're difficult in the workplace or they're controlling or jealous of other people's success. Or it could be the tyrant boss, you know, that's yelling and screaming at everyone. So this does show up in business quite a lot as well. And that's why it's very important to catch these signs early on so it doesn't keep expanding further and further into your life. Right. That's correct. Mm -hmm. So your last question is a two part question. Okay. Okay. All right. So the first part is name the 14 toxic personality types. That's part one. Okay. And what's part two? So part two is tell me a bit about the narcissist and sociopath. How do they become that way? And what are the signs to know? Wow. Okay. So that's a whole show. <laughs> yeah. That's why I say it's a multiple question. <laughs> All right. So in my love beyond your dreams book, section one are on the personalities that can break your heart. So I will tell you what they are. The emotional manipulators, the narcissist, 
the borderline personality disorder and bipolar. Um, that's one category. The second is the charming con artist, the antisocial personality, which is what a sociopath is. And briefly, a sociopath is someone who uses another for pleasure, profit, or lifestyle advancement. Um, also, psychopaths are in that category. Psychopath is a sociopath, but also who often kills. And neither one of them ever apologize. They have no remorse. The narcissistic personality is one step lower than that. It's like psychopath, the worst, and sociopath, and then narcissist is number three. They just are very self-centered. They don't think about their partner or kids or anyone else. They do what they want. Very high impulse. Then they turn around and gaslight or blame others if something doesn't turn out right. So they're very selfish personalities. Okay, C is the addicted. Anyone addicted in any way is a very toxic partner to try and love. E, um, the next one, the ACOA personality type, that's adult child of an alcoholic. Again, it's just someone with trauma who has not healed it, won't recognize it, and there's different behavioral norms that are very difficult to navigate. The next one is a chronic cheater. Um, they have various emotional and sexual affairs. That's high impulse personality. Again, they, they are the narcissist. It's like, I'll do that. Who cares? Or I won't get caught. If I do, she'll have to deal with it. That kind of personality. They're very selfish. Uh, the next one is a jealous and controlling person or they're paranoid about what you're doing. And that's usually because they're doing something wrong. You know, if you're accused by your partner, you're cheating, blah, 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 and you know you're not cheating, well, there's something going on usually within them. Okay, the next one, the passive-aggressive uh, personality. That means they won't talk about things, and then all of a sudden they start yelling about something else that's totally not related. They're just poor communicators, very difficult to get along with. Next one is angry and critical. They have various mood disorders. They're not able to sit down and discuss an issue in a calm and loving way. Next one is a dramatic histrionic. The histrionic is usually a label put on women in the therapy field. We call that like the drama queen and the drama king would be the narcissist. So it's kind of like everything is wrong. Woe is me. I'm the victim. Feel sorry for me. That's the histrionic. Okay, the next one is the avoidance or the commitment phobe. They want love, but they're afraid of it. The reason they're afraid of love is they never had a solid love foundation from their family or their parents. So they crave love, but then as soon as they get it, they're afraid. They, they run away. Next one is the perfectionistic obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh, everything has to be perfect. If not, they'll nitpick you to death. They're critical. Uh, they want it their way. OCD is, you know, having things in a certain way at a certain time. And it's a very difficult person to live with. The habitual liar. That's the next one. Um, next is anyone abusive, physically or emotionally abusive. Next one is the overly anxious. Uh, they will always make you feel uncomfortable walking on eggshells. Are they in a good mood or in a bad mood? very difficult to get along with. 
And the last one is Peter Pan syndrome or the mama's boy or the mother hater. So these are <laughs> three people. The Peter Pan guy is like the, the man that won't grow out of his college buddy fraternity behaviors. Always partying, going out with the boys, caught, you know, picking on people. You know what I mean? That frat boy mentality. Mama's boy, it speaks for itself. The mother comes first, not the wife. That will ruin any marriage. And the mother hater is someone that was always angry with his mom and it's still not healed. He will never really truly love and respect his woman. He will always expect perfectionism, uh, craving the mother he never had. And then when you're not perfect, you'll get his wrath. So those are the top personalities that can break your heart. Yeah, you got to try to watch out for these signs early on. Right. Well, part one of the book of Love Beyond Your Dreams goes into how to identify them easily. So those are the ones I identified as being the most difficult to love. Mm -hmm. Well, some of these names that are associated with these were very interesting. <laughs> yep. I mean, mother hater is not a psychological term. It just is what it is, you know. But right. um, it's easy to spot when, when a man is starting to be very critical about his mother. Yeah. So what would your current self say to your younger self? What advice would you give your younger self? I would say great job. <laughs> You're doing well in life. Yeah. I mean, I get that question a lot. I mean, I had a lot of adversity with husband one who stole 200,000 from my mother. What? Took 16 years to pay that off. And I did. And raising two girls as a single parent. And that person went and got child support for me on top of it. So my life was not easy. And yet my mindset, thank God I had strong foundation and mindset because I just kept moving forward. I was not playing the victim. I did most of my life work five jobs at one time. People were like, how do you do that? I didn't really stop to question it. I just kept moving forward. And, you know, and I had a lot of great love in my life and great friends. And, you know, I've traveled the world a lot. And with my business now, I help people all over the world. So I love what I do. And we don't always know why we're going through difficult times in life, but it can have a greater purpose and meaning. And that's what I decided to do with my trauma. You turned your pain into your passion. And my purpose. Yep, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So at this point in my pod, I always turn over to my guests and you can ask me any question that you want. What is it that is your purpose? My purpose, um, I want to be able to make a difference in people's lives. I feel like it's very important to be a good listener. First off, not enough people do that. Everybody just wants to talk and talk, but don't give the other person a chance to speak. I feel like everybody has a life story mm -hmm. and you just need to listen majority of the time and then interject with your thoughts. Mm -hmm. So I definitely want to try to make a difference in people's lives. Um, I'm big on learning about um, different people's walk of life, like 
their life stories, trials and tribulations, their goals, their hopes and dreams, where they come from and where they, how they get there to where they're at now. I'm big yeah. on learning about stuff like that. So good. Then you're like some of those stories I, I told you to catch on Netflix. Absolutely. Yeah. Quincy Jones story was on Netflix. It was fascinating. So, yeah, I mean, you, just find the niche and just keep going. You know, what is the one that speaks to you the most and uh, keep rolling forward with that. But yes, I know when my people learn about healing childhood trauma, they recognize it in their friends and they start, you know, with compassion. It's like, you know, there's signs of childhood trauma still existing for you. You should meet my coach, you know, but they have a much more gentler and loving um, view for the world, which is good. So my mission is to help change the way the world loves and with more compassion, empathy and understanding um, that we all come from childhood trauma, some more severe than others. And how can we make a difference in our own way in the world? Right. So, right. yeah, exactly. So that's awesome. Where do you live? I live in New Jersey. Where? Um, 15 minutes from Philadelphia um, near Deptford. Yeah, I know Deptford. I grew up in Huntington Valley outside of Northeast Philly. Yay. Really? Oh, yeah. And then I lived at the Jersey Shore outside of Ocean City for a long time. Nice. So Philly girl down in Florida enjoying the sunshine and the palm trees and love living and retiring here. I feel like most people move to the South when they get older, when they want to retire. I think it's more peaceful living yeah. down there. It's very peaceful. I mean, every place has its craziness, but you find your peace, right? Wherever you live, there you are. So, you know, I just love that there's spring and summer year round and flowers and green grass and green palm trees. And it's beautiful. You know, I love nature. I connect a lot with nature and beaches. So I love being here. It's awesome. Nice. So I'm sure your kids are very proud of you. Thank you. I'm proud of them. They're amazing. I have uh, two daughters. One family's in Austin, Texas, and she, uh, her name's Alexi Panos, and her partner is Preston Smiles. They're very well-known global coaches in personal transformation. They just bought a gorgeous uh, $2 million home, and uh, she's been successful her own life because they grew up with mindset. So that's why I keep saying to parents, teach your kids mindset. And you can start by reading my book, Live Beyond Your Dreams, to understand how it works in life. And my other daughter and her husband are in Orlando area, and they also do very well. So I have a total of six grandchildren, five little boys and one little girl that snuck in with her brother as a twin. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool i put out two girls and got back all these little boys so it's pretty neat one little granddaughter yeah pretty cool <laughs> well they turned out well because they had a great mother so thank you thank you yeah i want to encourage all my parents out there learn mindset start teaching your babies when they're young always talk to them age one two and they'll start talking earlier they'll understand you more get them into school at age two and a half, three. I put my girls in school in Montessori at age three and Alexi exempted 11th grade. She wanted to be a singer. She uh, ended up on three multi-platinum CDs with a top singer of her time. 
then went on to television hosting and um, then to coaching. And Stefana became a supervisor for JetBlue Airlines at a young age. And was they were both out on their own at 19 as daughters supporting themselves. So teaching your kids life skills and mindset that they can succeed, super important, especially in today's crazy world. And Lexi never, well, she tried to step foot in college in Hunter and for water engineering, because since the age of 20, she's been putting water wells in Tanzania, Africa with her best friend uh, with her charity called Epic, E-P-I-C, Everyday People Initiating Change. And um, that came from when she was five years old watching television and Save the Children commercial came on. She goes, Mom, I want to go to Africa and save those kids one day. And I'm there, babe, that's a beautiful dream. I believe you can do that. You will do that. Never lose sight of that dream. And then at 15, her dream was to be a pop singer. So she gets that, travels the world, ends up in Africa, touches base with that original dream and says, I'm coming back. And since then, they put in 21 water wells. So, you know, believing in yourself, your dream, your goals, no matter what everybody says, you know, uh, there'll be a lot of naysayers because her own father said, you think you'll be a singer? That's an effing joke. And that was the man that also stole money from me. So, you know, it was my job as a mother that despite their, the toxic situation that I went through, that they would be smart and um, successful in whatever they dreamed to do. And, um, you know, just believed in themselves and, and their words and that were empowered women. So super important for, for our parents to teach their kids young. I totally agree. Cause I tell my kids the same thing. Cause they're still young. I'm like, you can be anything you want in this world. I'm like, there's going to be some people who say you can't do it. So you just gotta go against the grain and do what you want to do. Yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. And be smart, you know, keep studying. Alexia exempted 11th. She went from 10th to 12th grade. She didn't even have to go into 11th grade. So that got her out earlier so she could sing and tour. And uh, she was also quite a successful model and television host. So whatever she decided to do, she did and excelled at all of it because they were listening to my cassette tapes on yeah. people, you know. The Tony Robbins and when we lived in Erie, PA and drove to see my mom in Philly, that was an eight hour drive. And to help me stay awake, I would listen to cassettes and they were absorbing all of that as the little passengers in the back. (laughs) (laughs) So they grew up listening to mindset. Kids are like a sponge. They soak up everything. They sure do. So it can change their life. Start early. Absolutely. I tell that to everybody. You have kids start early, put in their mind. They can do anything, be anything they want. They work hard enough for it. Yeah. And then you're the model, right? Are you modeling a good work ethic? Are you modeling good moral values? And so So it's not what you say, but also what you do. And the norms are in your home, right? So never yelling in your home and discussing things. If they, Kids are meant to make mistakes. And I hate when I hear parents say, you should know better. No, they shouldn't know better. They're little people, you know, and they're supposed to make mistakes. So how do we as the parent handle it? The word discipline is from the Bible. It means to teach. 
We need to teach a better way. We need to teach the life skill. So when my daughters make mistakes, I sit down and say, okay, so how can we fix this mistake? What three suggestions do you have? And wait to see what they come up with, you know? And, and they really give it some thought and say, that's excellent. I think that would be a wonderful idea. You know, when can you have that done? You know, because one one was bullying another, which was shocking to me. I'm like, you're bullying someone? What? <laughs> yeah, really? Well, I'm so tired. And, you know, I, I leave dad's house. And what I didn't know, she was getting up early and taking care of her baby brother. And she's only in third or fourth grade. And mm. she was exhausted, you know. So going to school, very um, uh, exhausted, tired, stressed out, you know. And they were fighting in that household. So she had that, wasn't able to sleep. So I got to the bottom of what was going on. And um, and as I was in the elementary school, I was the anti-bullying coach and counselor as well. And I said, kids bully because there's something going on at home. So if someone starts bullying you, you just say, do you want to go down to Miss Rihanna's office and talk about it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> hard morning this morning, you know, and they, they came to understand it, it really usually isn't about them. It's just that there's someone happy at, at their house, you know? So those, those kind of programs are essential for kids to be able to communicate their feelings and negotiate through issues and so forth. Absolutely. Your kids should be comfortable enough to come to you to be able to talk about anything. That's true. Yes. Mm -hmm. So before we end this, um, is there any last thing you would like to say to the audience? Do you have anything new coming up on the horizon? Sure. And do you want to share your social media handles as well? Okay, sure. So there's always something new. I have on my YouTube channel, Coach Rihanna Milne, is about 350 audios and podcasts. My podcast is called Lessons in Life and Love with Coach Rihanna Milne. And that's on every podcast uh, forum, as well as YouTube audios and videos and actually classes and webinars that I did. Um, my website, RihannaMilne.com, has tons of free resources. It has a free ebook on the homepage, four free love tests. One is the childhood trauma checklist that I did today. Another is for singles. Are you really ready to date? That's a checklist. One is for couples. Do you have red flags in your relationships? So they're awesome. And then I have the first 60-page downloads of my number one bestsellers, love beyond your dreams and live beyond your dreams. So go to the website because there's lots of good stuff there. And I just want to encourage everyone, if you identify in the show today, like do get help. Now is the time because you absolutely can heal childhood trauma and go on to create the life you desire and have the love that you deserve. Don't wait. There you have it. Y'all better follow her and listen to her advice. It's very valuable. <laughs> Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You Thank you for having <laughs> me on your show. No problem. I want to say thank you for setting my invitation to come on. Of course. Anytime. So I want you to have a good rest of your day and the weekend ahead, too. Thank you. God bless everyone. Have an amazing week. You as well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.